Well, it does seem every day lately we've been talking about the battle between markets taking a positive position on vaccine news versus the more downbeat assessment based on rising COVID numbers and more lockdowns. Well, today there's good vaccine news, but South Australia is getting set to lockdown again and many other places are going down the same road. But taking the long view, we've got a change of president, which most people seem as being a good thing, and the prospect of a COVID-free world. Wouldn't that be nice? It's Thursday, the 19th of November, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, US equities are rising a little, just a little bit, a 0.1% rise in the Dow, the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq, all about the same. It was uh, The Dow was down for a lot of the session overnight, though. Similar gains in European equities, actually a little bit more. The US dollar up and down a bit today, but largely down on yesterday. It's uh, it's down a further 0.4% on the Japanese yen. That's down, one, it's down about 1.6% against the yen on a week ago. A 0.3% rise in the Aussie dollar, the same for the pound. Not much movement in the euro, though. Fairly glacial movement in bonds. Actually, not a lot really happening today, except oil up, a 1.7% rise in WTI, over 2% for Brent. Interesting, it's up because uh, OPEC Plus, it could be delaying talks on extended production cuts until next year. But we also saw oil reserves in the US up 0.8 million barrels, but it was expected it was going to be about 1.2 million barrels. So demand is a, a little weaker than expected, but still the prices go up. So, David DeGarris is here today. I mean, you might have thought the lack of commitment to extend oil production uh, would have sent oil prices spinning downwards, but I guess this this reflects the optimism that's around at the moment, isn't it, with reports that Pfizer's vaccine is perhaps days away from applying to the regulators for permission to start using it. So, uh, another day of uh, vaccine optimism driving the markets, although, as I've just described, they're not big movements today. Yeah, no, no, no. When you look, as you said, Phil, they're uh, in your very... Uh, neat, neat summary of the market. I mean, glacial movements in bonds, uh, currencies not doing a lot, and equities up smalls. Given the major announcements we've had, f- two from Pfizer, including the one today, get onto that in a moment, and um, Moderna, you would have expected, um, you know, equities to, you know, take that to heart, given the importance of the, the pandemic, and maybe that gets to the nub of the problem, which is the infection news. But, um, Mm. Uh, you know, when you look at the announcement today, uh, you know, Pfizer is, you know, we had that announcement last week, which really set the ball rolling. And they're looking to submit uh, for a, to an application for emergency use authorization with the FDA. And then they'll submit all the data. Uh, that data will be considered by the FDA. It will go to this independent panel of experts. The um, Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. Um, and then they'll hold a public hearing. Um, and then you can imagine that, you know, from what they were saying today, 95% uh, effective, uh, safe across all demographics, age groups, um, so and ethnicity. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert in this field, but it sounds... Very, very encouraging, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Uh, you know, even for old folks, Dave, we're, we're all going to be fine. So yeah, I, yeah. I, even for us old folks. <laughs> I love the fact that they're now saying 95% <laughs> because they said 90% effective, didn't they, Pfizer? And then yes. Moderna said, well, yes. we're going to be 94.5. So they've said we're going to be <laughs> Okay, well, we'll up you on that. Yeah, Moderna <laughs> are going to be coming back tomorrow saying, well, you know what? We're going to be 95.2%. So there. Uh, but look, so small caps, interesting, isn't it? Small caps are doing quite well again. Uh, so, and I guess, you know, if we look at, I reckon when we look back on this year, I mean, it's hospitality and travel and smaller companies yes. compared to big companies yes. 
that have really been uh, struggling with all of this. So no surprise, if there's any glimmer of hope, it's those sectors and the smaller businesses that are uh, perhaps seeing through the, the, the short term and saying, well, you know, there is going to be life at the end of all of this. Yes, well, perhaps, perhaps this is not the first time that we've seen markets try, trying to head in two directions at once. So, yeah, as, yeah. as you said there, Phil, um, you know, those service sector heavy parts of the economy um, have really suffered. I mean, that, that you know, the high touch personal areas, you know, is where uh, the pandemic hits, you know, in, in those sorts of businesses, hospitality, airlines, hotels, tourism, um, restaurants, yeah. all, all of that. And there's a, a heap of small businesses in that sector, whereas in the tech sector, where you've got people looking at subscription TV, buying off Amazon, buying online, yeah. you know, all that exactly finance all, as well all, i mean you know it's, it's yeah all the, all those businesses are, are you know are by and large uh doing fine aren't they look uh housing is it has been fairly resilient as well it seems impervious to all of this so if we look in the united incredibly so in the united states building permits uh, haven't risen but they were at the highest they've been for 13 years or more and housing starts at 4.9 percent month on month yeah and uh you know, we've already seen very strong indicators of, of housing demand, you know, with that NAHB series this mm. week, which was up to yet another record. So it had a record last month and then a record in November. So this is really in the midst of the uh, pandemic news. And I think there's a bit of a story there too, Phil, as I read in another analyst report, you know, okay, you've got low rates, um, you know, you've got... Uh, low rates, you've got pent-up demand, a shortage of stock, and then you've got the get-me-out-of-this-800-square-foot apartment effect. So, you know, the single-family homes, uh, and that's really been at the nub of the NAHB series, which covers, you know, home traditional home builders and the housing starts today. When I looked at the monthly changes in single-family starts since June, up 22, up 11 in July, up 3 in August, up 8.4 and up another 6.4 today. So that's yeah. been on a one-way train, hasn't it? So, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a complex picture, right? It, it, there's no – the economy is just heading in multiple directions at the, at the same time. So America is back, though, according to uh, to Joe Biden. I think he might be stealing a dag- tagline from uh, Ronald Reagan there. I think uh, that was one of his, wasn't it? But uh, <laughs> – you know, I'm still getting emails every hour from the current president just an hour ago saying every day we're finding more and more evidence of voting problems, which means we're going to find even right. more resources. We're going to need more resources to continue uncovering the truth with a, a donate funds button. So I wonder whether he's not conceding because he continues to raise funds from his fan base to cover off the debts of the uh, of the election campaign he's lost. Maybe it's as simple as that. Perhaps, but um, that that sort of news is seems to be fading away, doesn't it? I mean, in the main news mm. services, I mean, you, if you look for it, you can find it, but um, it seems to be more of um, would you say novelty value? Or uh, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't formally conceded at this point, but it just it's just a matter of time, isn't it? So uh, yeah. happening now. But as you say, um, the president elect, you know. Um, America will be back. No longer America is alone. So that's going to be an interesting journey, isn't it? Um, you know, particularly relationship between uh, the US and China. And um, that, that, that will be interesting. I think people are expecting that that will all be reversed, might be just expecting too much. But um, 
nevertheless, there's going to be that, you know, multilateral engagement, which has been uh, not part of the uh, current current president's uh, regime. Well, thank goodness, you know, when uh, when the virus is all over, we can go back to talking about US-China relations every day, uh, Dave. Uh, look, inflation <laughs> uh, seems to have uh, picked up a little bit. UK CPI, I mean, in a few places this is happening. UK CPI data showed 1.5% annually in October. Core CPI in Canada is at 1.8%. Uh, clothing and home furnishing pushed up the UK mm. numbers. I mean, I, I, you can't draw too much conclusions from this though can you because the numbers are all over the place everyone's been spending money on their homes yes. pushing those prices up yes it'll go down again when life gets back yes. to normal. It's, it's pretty hard to draw a trend through anything this exactly because they're on oh, there's big changes in relative prices going on exactly as you said mm. i mean retail sales of goods you know online has been booming but um people are not going on holidays they're not going out to restaurants as much because of restrictions and maybe a bit of caution yeah. thrown into that. So there's a big changes going on there. So what is the general trend in inflation? Well, you'd have to expect over time it's going to reflect how much spare capacity there is in the economy. And we know that there is a lot of spare capacity out there, but it's not the same in some sectors. Prices are going up. People want to buy used cars. You know, they, they don't want to go on public transport. But um Public transport fares are only, you know, they're flat, if not going down right now. I guess it's a similar story with wages as well. We saw that they're not rising much in Australia. Uh, Those numbers yesterday showed 0.1% growth in the September quarter, which is almost a record low annual. What's it have to be to be a record low if it's 0.1% is not the record low? Uh, Annual growth rates, (laughs) 1.4%. So, uh, I mean, mean, no surprise, you know, if you've got a lockdown – if you're not coming into the office, if your company is struggling for customers, then you shouldn't be expecting yes. a wage rise, should you? But uh, Yes, I, I would have thought so. I would have thought so. And that, that situation is going to persist for a while yet. Mm. So, And this is this is what um, the Reserve Bank governor has been talking about, Phil. That, you know, the sort of things that will drive inflate, general inflation up will be, you know, labour costs, which is the big element, biggest element of, of uh, business costs. So... Wages are growing at one point something. How does how CPI grow at two point something sustainably? Well, yeah. the short answer is it doesn't. So, um, you know, we've seen evidence of that there. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the spare capacity point. And I think we're going to get more of an inkling of that with um, the labour market report uh, today for October. So for me, Phil, the best guide there is, not necessarily what happens with these monthly changes in employment and unemployment, but what happens on the aggregate hours work front. So that's, you know, people working, how many hours they're working. So, you know, that was down 5.1% to September compared to pre-pandemic and Victoria was down 13.7. So it's going to be interesting to see if we do see, Mm. these are are October numbers, if we do see a bit of a kickback in the Victorian numbers this month. We'll certainly see it next month. But yeah, whether people who've been furloughed and weren't uh, counted as uh, working hours are now back up again. That would, yeah, how, how much of that's, how many people yes. have been carried across the bridge? Now, look, 36 cases, that's all it takes uh, for them to need a circuit breaker in South Australia. You can't even go outside in South Australia from uh, later on this week with their six-day lockdown. This sounds like the most draconian measures uh, of all, so, so I hope it works. Uh, it's, I mean, so this is, you know, it, it's just going to slow the recovery, isn't it, really? I mean, South Australia is a small state, but it, it has flow-on effects, obviously, across the country. Well, it, it, it's certainly a big issue for the state, and um, it seems to be, 
it's certainly uh, the message has gotten home. You know, if you, you read the reports about panic buying of toilet paper and all those sorts of things that we remember, which seems like eons ago now, Phil, but it's certainly been happening in, in South Australia and you've already got... I think I've still got you know, that the, toilet the, paper, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know, the tour down under bike race has already been cancelled mm. for, uh, for early next year. And now there's sort of issues around the Australian Open, you know, in, in, which normally starts in, what, mid-January in Melbourne. So yeah, yeah. quarantine issues and worries about the Victorian government. So just in the border issue, you know, maybe the state borders will be opened up uh, in early um, early uh, December, but I think it's going to be very much a state-by-state proposition and a little while yet before international borders are opened up. Yeah, and we're seeing this all over the world, aren't we? So Tokyo, for example, they've got uh, 2,000 cases a day in Japan now, 493 in Tokyo, and, the, and there's a question about whether they're going to impose more restrictions there. I, I see photographs from Tokyo, and it looks incredibly busy, just as busy as you'd normally expect. Uh, they, had their, mm. they had their trade figures that showed uh, imports had fallen quite a bit, though, so I mean, it is having a which held the balance of trade, but obviously it shows that their their economy is you know is not doing that well and a big question of course is going to be looking ahead whether the olympics are going to happen i know it's a way off yet but you know indeed indeed that's that's not going to help their economy look uh, and the uk i think they're going to stay in lockdown through december aren't they there's talk that maybe they'll lift restrictions for five days over christmas there's murmurs about that which would imply that those uh, restrictions are going to continue in some form up to that point uh, but the pound doing well again today because uh, of Brexit hopes. Michelle Barnier is expected to brief EU member states on Friday about the state of play. There's talk that a trade deal could be announced early next week. But you know what? I feel like, I don't know about you, I feel like I might have heard that before somewhere. It'll come. It'll come. And I'm sure I'm sure Gav will talk about it tomorrow on the Absolutely. podcast. Well, we'll leave it till then then. And uh, look, we get you to U.S. weekly jobless claims tonight as well, plus existing home sales, the Philly Fed business outlook. None of that's really going to uh, drive uh, uh, too much change in the markets, I suspect. And uh, look, a final point, people are going Bitcoin crazy, hedging against the falling dollar. I mean, mm-hmm. does, that make, does that make sense to you? Hedge, hedge against volatility by investing in Bitcoin? Well, certainly, it's... Like, it, it, it's <laughs> It, it, the news has certainly got out there, but it's certainly not one for me, Phil. I don't think so, no. Whatever floats your boat. Anyway, see you again soon, Dave. Thanks for your time today. Cheers. And as Dave says, it is Gavin tomorrow morning joining me on the morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.